Greetings all and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest On Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. On this episode of Margin Call, we'll be discussing a recent article in The Economist 1843 magazine, uh, which was recommended by uh, Quest On contributor Mishgon, our old friend Mishgon. Everybody remembers her. Uh, and it's about beauty standards and how the digital realm uh, and selfie culture and, and social media are creating beyond unrealistic beauty standards, impossible beauty standards. Uh, and most of the article is about uh, an app called Facetune. Some people may have heard of it. I had not heard of it. Uh, apparently, it's like auto-tune for your face. Uh, if I worked for that company, that's what I would say. I was like, you guys got to take out advertisements. Just say it's like auto-tune for your face. But it does what you think it would do. It, it smooths out the blemishes. You know, uh, you can add uh, makeup if you want. Like if you're even if you're not wearing lipstick, you can put a lipstick color on. If you have wrinkles around your eyes, you can erase those. If you have acne. I mean, essentially, this is just the further democratization uh, of media tools, right? Uh, this is not any different than what every magazine uh, photo director has done for every picture that's run in print for the last 50 years. You know, people look good on the cover of a magazine and there's a lot of smoke and mirrors that goes into that. But now this is a tool that anyone can carry around in their pocket. And most of this article was, first of all, introducing the app uh, and then making, I don't want to say a tenuous, but, you know, a connection between that and a rise in plastic surgery. I don't know if there's causation or correlation, but a lot more people are getting plastic surgery at a younger age, and everybody who can uh, is making their photos look as good as they can. So uh, first of all, let me welcome everybody who's here. Amelia, thanks so much for joining us. We missed you last week. You showed up, uh, but because you were eating chicken on a stick uh, and there was a fire truck going by, (laughs) unfortunately, we couldn't fold you into the conversation, but... Uh, it's really nice to have you, Amelia. Hello. It's great to have you back. We missed your voice last week. Eming, I always love it when you come out from behind the curtain and share your thoughts. This is a topic that was made for you, uh, and I'll tell you why in one second. But our special guest this week uh, is not even a guest at all, Shirley, one of the original Margin Call All-Stars, making this yet again an international edition of Margin Call. Shirley <laughs> in Mexico City, welcome back. We love you. It's great to have you. I am joking when I say, Eming, that this is a topic that was made for you. But as I said, it's a reference to a story that you wrote many, many moons ago. Back uh, before we had peak television and we just watched reality shows all day, there was a show. Some people might remember it. It was called The Swan. And I mean, very loosely and very quickly, the premise was they would take women who, you know, were just normal looking women and then give them insane. I mean, it was like a makeover show, but like an extreme makeover show where like these women went from just looking normal, you know, and they, and they gave them breast implants and, uh, you know, uh, plastic surgery on their faces. And then they judged them at the end about who emerged as the most beautiful. It was really, really dark and sinister. Yeah. And Eming, you wrote a wonderful takedown of how dark and sinister this show was. I know you don't remember it, but as your editor at the time, and yes, it was, you know, about 13 or 14 years ago. You're still my editor 14 years later. Let me, I'm okay, still okay. your editor 14 <laughs> years later, and I'm still, <laughs> I'm still going to chop approximately 350 Damn, words yeah, off of did. everything that you, you send me. And I did that on this too. You you use a lot of filler, you mean, you're, you still got the school mentality where you're like, why use one word when five words will do? No, I just like <laughs> but, to ramble, that's all. 
Anyways. You are. You have a great. You actually have a great voice, and that's part of what makes you a good writer. Uh, but I got to do my job, man. I'm heartless. That's why I'm a good editor. Uh, but this article was a fantastic takedown, and I don't think that this is that far removed. Uh, so I'll hand it off to you. But uh, apparently, you tried this out. Have you ever tried this before? Did you use it for the first time no, today? Tell us a little bit. I I didn't know about it till Amelia sent sent us that thing, and I was like, oh, okay. And then she told me she downloaded it, and I was like. And then I saw it was three bucks, and I was like, "I'm not paying three dollars for this thing." And then, oh, it's three dollars. You have well, to pay. Okay. It's, three, it's three, actually technically four. Okay, it's four technically plus tax, like a cent. And then, but there's a free version that I guess you can't use all the features, or like it lets you do certain things. And then, if you want to do more, you have to like pay or buy the actual app to use them. So you can use the cheaper app to look cute, but not that cute. Right. Well, there's like they stop you. Like, if you want to be cuter, pay one dollar more. Like, basically, it kind unlocks of, additional features. Yeah, it like lets you if you want to like change a certain thing about yourself, but it won't let you like save the photo. You have to like purchase the app in order to do that. So screen cap. Yeah, screen cap. But the smart thing they do is that um, the one thing that they do let you do that um, that you can actually export in the app is that it lets you manipulate like size, so you can like change all like your sizes how you look like your cheeks your lower half your upper half anything basically and then you can oh just... so it's not just for the face you can use it on your body yeah i used it and oh. i was like i was like i am okay, so aiming. i am so I'm messed not, up not, right now i have to go sit somewhere and like feel bad about myself like i was sitting here before you got on just like i'm like wow i could change everything on, on my face like it was just really i, I was in a dark dark place for like an hour before you got on <laughs> as a result of this app yeah like like i took like what, maybe 20 minutes of wow. my time and they're just like just it bummed me out okay. really well talk bad. me through it tell me what picture did you choose and then what things did you change and then how did it look uh you don't have to be reveal that many details i know we all, all want to change no, things about uh, ourselves. But talk me through it what'd you do uh <laughs> my um my midsection so I was like, I was curious. I was like, what does this do? And I was like, oh, shit, it gets yeah. smaller and smaller. <laughs> <laughs> but did it look real? Like when you did it, when you changed? Kind of. Like it's subjective. Like you got to like do it like not too much. You got to like a like, like like a realisticness to it. Right. Um, but if you fuck with your face, it's not going to work. <laughs> did you do anything, any yeah. face stuff? I try, but it looks really weird. Like my face is, is, is already weird. So you add stuff to it. It makes it look like I've just... Got, I fell on something. It didn't look. Your good. face is not weird, Eming. What I was gonna say is like you don't really have that much to tweak. I think you're. Oh, you know what thanks. I mean? Thanks. I know. I'm just looking at your like perfect skin that you can see. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. Okay, exactly. Okay, okay. So wait, you're saying your takeaway from that at the end of it, once you kind of like did a little bit of work, put did something to your midsection, like you felt bad. You were like, I need to. No, I, felt, I need to do something. Like you know. I, I've run like what seven half marathons, one full, and I'm just like I'm never gonna look like this. <laughs> Nothing I can do will make me change. <laughs> it just I am the way I am, and I'm stuck this way. So this is making me depressed. <laughs> but you wouldn't have thought about that if you hadn't been messing with the app, right? I mean, you just been like... I've thought about it, but I've never had the ability to actually change myself, like go in and actually change it, like something I seek out to do, because that would naturally make me feel like shit. Yeah. Right? So. So now, now they have a an app that can make you feel like shit yeah technology it's app for everything uh amelia what was what was your experience talk us through it it was pretty simple what tell me hit me (laughs) 
I downloaded the app. Then, I, you know, I don't like taking selfies in public. It just makes me feel like an asshole. Because I know, it's like, everyone. Good. You know what I mean? So I just tried to take a really sly one, like, just boop. You know, like, as I was walking in Union Square, one of the most crowded places in New York City. <laughs> and um, and so I tried, I tried to, like, so then I didn't like the selfie. So I, like, uploaded some photo that I knew had some, like, blemishes. And I was like, let me check this out. And then I started, you know, making my face flawless. And so how does that just, work? Is there just like a smudge? There's like an like eraser? Or you just like, no, it's like you a get scale. Rid of a pimple. Yeah. Okay. No, like literally it like identifies like, uh, like bags under your eyes, jaw, uh, teeth. It knows. Lips. It tells you your flaws, even if you don't, you're not aware of them. <laughs> yeah. Like you probably have this. Um, yeah. So then I, I was like jaw and then it didn't like, there was no, I think probably because I didn't pay the three ninety nine. So I'm sure if I paid the three ninety nine, it'd be like the section right under your lower lip, or like you know what I mean. Like it'd be much more specific. But because I went the cheap route, it was like just jaw in general. So I tried to like flawless my jaw. I don't know what how you say that. Make my jaw flawless. Whatever. I like, I like using this flawless as a verb. Flawless my jaw. <laughs> anyway. So, but then it just looked too fake. Yeah, yeah it, does. And I think it really does. I think that's the three ninety nine thing, but it just really looked too fake. And then I was gonna think, I was thinking about downloading Kim Kardashian's app, the like three sixty five one, because that's wait, what is? I don't, I'm not familiar with that one. What does it do? I think same thing, but maybe just better. Uh-oh. Is it free? Or like you can have like lime green hair? Probs not. It's probably like two ninety nine, but yeah. I just really i (laughs) but what was what was interesting though was like i tried to think of people that i look at on instagram who probably do this Mm. and it's like so because actually like eming you said you said you spent like 20 minutes i spent so long like (laughs) like, being detailed trying to like you know catch whatever is there or like it's like it's amazing you get to create whatever you think would be the perfect you but it looks so fake that it's like to me it's like not even worth it but i'm sure the 399 one is much more top notch on that (laughs) front um but yeah i i feel like now i feel like i'm gonna be much more critical when i look at people's photos damn like is that your real face though you oh, you mean you mean critical in that way. Now your perception has been fine-tuned that you know what kind of tools people are using out yeah. there and you can detect a fake face. Yeah, because people use so many tools, like so many. Like I mean, people I, are out this, here creating sets for Instagram photos, like the lighting. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, this is not that revolutionary, right? It's just a right. gradual process working towards this. I mean, I think even it's years ago... When Instagram came out, that was the appeal of Instagram because you could already post photos easily, right? But mm-hmm. Instagram gave you instant filters. Filters didn't really exist. You know, you had to use Photoshop or like get a different app and import a photo. But this was an app that would post and also edit. And yeah, sure, it's fine. You, you can make your picture look, look like it was taken on, you know, real film in the 1970s or you can punch up the white or make it black and white. But what people used that for was to find the most flattering version. 
right? right? Like people who like, oh, I have like red splotches on my skin. Like they would choose like a black and white filter or like a filter that minimized red or whatever. That's what we ended up using those filters for. And then you flash forward to like the Snapchat. Um, like once you, you know, you can make your face look like a dog, right? When I first saw that, I was like, why would anybody want to have dog parts on their face? But <laughs> it turns out not only do those like put animal parts on you, they also probably cover up flaws you don't like, right? You're like, oh, I don't like my nose. Well, now I have a dog nose on it. So everybody doesn't <laughs> have to see what my nose looks like. And then the later ones, like the one that I think you're supposed to look like a deer or something like that, right? They actually did smooth out your features. They gave you like a little tiny deer nose. Yeah. I wish I could yeah. describe Snapchat. No, it's, 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 like, it's like your skin is just like, I don't know, it's, the texture just changes and everything. It's yeah, like- it changes the texture of your skin. So it's not just like you're emulating an animal. Like at first dog ears was like kind of funny. Like you would do it like, oh, let's take a selfie with my grandmother. Now there's a picture of her with the dog ears on. Uh, but then it got to the point where it was like people were actually using it to mask uh, their flaws, I thought. So this isn't that much of a departure from what we've been doing to kind of fix our photos anyway, except, and I guess what's different about it and what I'm hearing from you guys is like not feeling so great about yourself after using it. Like that's, that's what the woman was saying in the article too. The reason that people are, you know. And they seek out plastic surgery. Yeah. I mean, young people getting plastic surgery. What's her face? Uh, Kylie Jenner just turned 21. Is she 20 or 21? 21. That's, uh, it's, first of all, fuck both of you guys for knowing that so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. She just celebrated her 21st birthday. It's okay. It's fine. It's I'm not really judging you. Like that. Yeah, you are. Don't lie. Because really I also knew it. Vegas. But the fact that you guys both were like, 21. She just turned 21. <laughs> In case like, you need to know. Man. Y'all yeah. came with that information so quickly. <laughs> um, Shirley, does this sound crazy to you? Like, is this just dropping out of this guy? You've never heard of such a thing? And there's some kind of generational rift where you're just like too cool and too Gen X to be self-absorbed? Or no. does this... No, this is so exactly are... the same, same story, different tech. I mean, so remember the comic books? Uh, comic books used to have those things where the skinny guy can become athletic by buying this little package at the back of the comic book this oh, is yeah. atlas from the turn of the century so the whole idea of human perfectibility and 399 or 299 to get prettier to get better is a part of a really really american idea yeah and then you throw in the crazy japanese stuff coming our way from the manga and the anime and i don't even want to go into the porn and porn by the way connects to this but i remember when i was 22 <laughs> years old every time i read a faction magazine i'd read it and i'd feel like shit like immediately, I'd feel like shit. And I read some article about how fashion magazines have been proven to reduce our self-esteem. And it was the one healthy decision I think I've made in my entire life. I was like, this I can control. And I just completely stopped reading them. And I basically have not even flipped through a fashion magazine at a dentist's office ever since. And I don't know if I'm doing better, but I'm not doing worse. Yeah. So, But the thing that's important is that people do this. They make women feel like shit. Because it's a business model. You can see it on the level of media everywhere. Every Atlantic Atlantic uh, cover story that's like, women thought they could have it all, but they can't. Spoiled bitches. Or, I have kids and my life is miserable. Or, look at me, I'm hot and 42, but still single. Was I asking for too much? And it sells more magazines. And so then, what? how many, how long? Those are I mean, all actual Atlantic stories, by the way. I know. No, yeah, I'm not exaggerating. These are actual Atlantic stories. It is their business model. That and be like, oh, let's have a racist in our column for a while. You know, the Times is doing it too. So 
But the idea now is what you were saying about the apps. Apps are the, in some ways the new media. They, they're, they've taken the place of things that used to make money by communicating with people like print media and then paid online media. How brilliant of us to decide to start an online media conglomerate in 2018. Um, we need an app, basically, for Quest that makes people feel like shit, and then we can make money. There you go. Wow. Oh, um, I guess we've got to change our business model, folks. I'm sorry. Hard pivot to destroying people's self-esteem <laughs> so that we can on. sell them stuff. The other thing about all this is that a lot of these apps, the way they make their money is in advertising. It's because they sell people's faces to data, to facial recognition firms. So every oh, single that I didn't know. I, I had okay. no idea. <laughs> Tell me yeah, about how Every time you do one of these dumbass, like, hey, which celebrity do you look like on Facebook? That money that data is being sold to a facial recognition firm. It's, you're probably, it's probably going straight to Palantir because they have this problem, right? They still haven't really figured out how to tell black people apart and how to tell Asian people apart. Like AI can only tell white people's faces apart. Um, so right. they have to get a lot more data in order to start being able to do this because it's surveillance things. So Otherwise, they to- won't be able to unfairly target minorities. They really have to perfect this robot. Otherwise, they can't use AI racial profiling. It'll disrupt the whole system. Well, they're doing a pretty good job of saying, well, he was black, so I think that makes him guilty. And so I think we're okay there. But but hold on. I'm curious to know, again, how much time did Amelia and Amy, did you guys actually spend on these apps? Like, that's cool, because that's how they win. They're keeping track of how many times they got you to show you different angles of your face, how long you got to, how long you stayed. Yeah, it was like maybe like 30 minutes or something. Like, I tried different photos. I was like... Yeah, really trying to see which one would work best with what, you know, angle. Yeah, long, long time. That's a lot. That's a lunch break. That's it. It's it's your whole lunch break. You know, you could have been plotting (laughs) to top the government and no, you were like, so they won that round. (laughs) Plotting to top. Yeah. (laughs) But but I do think I think it's but what I think is really interesting is that it used to be that you couldn't make yourself as beautiful as X movie star. Now, the thing you're trying to make yourself into doesn't actually exist. It started, I blamed a J-Lo ass thing because it's not like everyone was like, oh, I love J-Lo's ass and Beyonce's ass is great. J-Lo's ass definitely existed. J-Lo's ass existed. That was It existed, but it didn't turn into people being like, oh, different shapes and sizes are sexy. It turned into now you have to be super skinny and have J-Lo's ass. Like, fuck you. So it's like, and that's what Kim Kardashian is, right? She's like one of those flip books of perfection. You get a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But it's like creating these, at this point, absolutely nobody, no matter how genetically gifted they are, can do this without having to spend money on somebody. But I mean, can't you make the same argument that the people that we've idolized for 50 plus years on magazine covers... They all have a, a personal trainer. They all have somebody who's giving them the best possible clothes. Every time they take a picture, they have someone who's fitting it to them exactly. They're only getting photographed from the right angle. Even after they're photographed, everything is cleaned up, right? So the people the that we idolized, yeah, the people that we idolized and thought were perfect were also, like, that's not actually what they looked like either. Mm-hmm. Because everybody, you know, I, anytime... For Casablanca, by putting Vaseline on the lens of the camera, that's what gave her that luminous look. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, we've been using tricks. As long as we've had photography, we've been using tricks to make people look better. I mean, don't make me go all the way back to portraiture when, Mm -hmm. you know, the only people who got their paintings done were rich people. And they got to say, "Uh, definitely don't include that pimple, bro. 
you know, and that's the language that they actually used in the Renaissance, the, the patrons. Um, and they would say, oh, I don't like that bump in my nose. You know, so when you go to portrait gal- galleries, you could be you wouldn't be faulted for thinking, wow, everybody looked really good back in the day. It's like, no, the only people who got their paintings done were people who paid a lot of money for them. And they, you know, expected to look good. So it's yeah, a human impulse. Face I guess. It's, yeah, that was the face, face tune is the of, modern day Renaissance painting. Boom. There you go. There's our headline. Gross. Amelia, everything you say is poetry. Keep keep it coming. Except for three ninety nine. But here's another That's not thing. worth also, the price though. Here's another one though. Coffee, okay, man. so I asked my little sister who's sixteen years old, who goes to a super elite but liberal private school in New York, and I asked her about that stuff and she was like, Oh, that's so ghetto. Nobody cool uses it. And I was like, Okay, so in other words, there's also a weird elite rebellion against it amongst adolescents who describe themselves as above and outside. Well, here's the thing. If you're a rich kid in New York, then you can afford to have a nutritionist and a personal trainer and wear the best outfits all the time and have your hair done every week. So maybe it's people who don't have access to those tools who have to resort to a 399 act of desperation. Or if you're a rich kid, you don't have to look good because beauty is power and you've already got the power because you're a rich kid. I mean, Sonia doesn't wear makeup. She doesn't. She just wears T-shirts. It's a status symbol to tell the world, I don't need to bother looking good. Hmm. That's deep. I like uh, that. I, I want to live that life. <laughs> I see it here in Mexico a lot. In Mexico, it's like considered really cheap to get your hair done, did, and to do that Kate Del Castillo look that the like ultra uber wealthy do quote unquote the real elite wear ripped jeans and don't wear makeup well that's true though because one time i went to a country club in beverly hills sorry pivot and (laughs) (laughs) way to work that in (laughs) no i had a really weird experience because i went there like you know i I was not like rich or anything but my friend's family was rich so they invited me for like fourth of july and there was like the tennis match between the grandmas and the granddaughters and all that shit and so i went there and i wore this like really nice dress and i was like ah you know this i don't know what rich people do but maybe they wear nice things no they all (laughs) fucking wear jeans and like shitty t-shirts and like they, they don't care no one cares yeah. mm-hmm. no one cares I I had a similar experience. About $200. yeah i mean they used to say that you know because people who worked in retail would like scan people and be like oh well is this a person who's like potentially going to spend a lot of money but then those things shifted and it was like a truly wealthy person like you couldn't look at anything but the watch the watch was supposed to be the thing you could look at hmm. and you could tell if it was a you know patek philippe or whatever a heritage joint Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a pretty revolutionary statement that you've come up with here, Shirley, is that if you're rich, you don't need a face filter because beauty is power or power is beauty. Is that true? Does that extend to women? I mean, I, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to step on a landmine here, but okay. I used to think I that think I had so. a lot of power because when I was in my twenties and thirties, I wasn't beautiful, but I was young, which is in and of itself a huge thing. It's, it's similar and to I, being beautiful. Right. It's the same kind of thing. But I could access any top editor in San Francisco I wanted just by saying I wanted to. I was like, I, I want to write a story about something and I'm really contrarian and sex positive. I'm going to pitch this story. Boom. I'm having drinks with Derek Me or Don Hazen or whoever the hell it is. And I thought I had power and I didn't understand that they were still the gatekeepers 
and that power over the powerful isn't power. Power is power. And so, yeah, when you're young, I think women in their 20s and early 30s, very often they think we got this gamed. You know, I got this. This is good. I can I can get I can open the doors or then or this was at least through the way my generation happened. And then as we got older, we realized that it doesn't count because all it does is open the door to someone who's going to shut it on you when they if you don't put out. Oh, fuck. Wow. So, yeah. Man. <laughs> Gather around, Gather children. Around. Hear the <laughs> truth <laughs> from Oracle Shirley. <laughs> questions about the Me Too movement, right? Asia Argento, or that, like, that is really fucking hardcore feminist academic who just got busted. Both of these women just got busted by men who are suing, who sued them and accused them of sexual harassment. I'm like, yeah, people with power get turned on by exercising their power over people who have less. Mm. And the more women gain power, the more we're going to see them doing it to men. Hmm. I mean, that's I feel like I'm learning so much. <laughs> but no, I mean, you know, you're going to be, when you're 40, you hit a really good job. You've got a good job. All of a sudden you're going to have 23 year old men being like batting their eyelashes at you. Like, you know, I want to work on this essay or I'd like to do this thing. And, the difference is I think women are a little less likely to actually take advantage of it. I do think that, but it's certainly in operation, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think the argument has always been about power. Who was in the position of power? That was the whole Weinstein thing. Mm-hmm. You know, He was a person who could make or break a career and that's why he was in a position to do that. Um, but power can manifest itself in a lot of different ways. So how does power fit in going back to the experience we have with these apps, who's got the power in these situations? Well, I mean, there's so many, I don't want to turn into Alex Jones here, but there are a lot of different ways to interpret this. And you introduced a pretty important point, Shirley, about who's gathering this information, who's gathering this data, right? Uh Before we get to that point about like facial recognition and people's faces and what people want to fix, here's what I think. I think the fact that Amelia and Eming downloaded this app means that tomorrow they're going to start getting target marketed for makeup and for shampoo and for weight loss uh, programs and weight loss pills um, (laughs) because everybody, whatever your app store is, you know, whether you bought it through Apple or Google or whatever, they're going to know this is your interest. You're interested in in improving yourself, right? And you're- Not only that, they're going to know which parts of yourself you hate. Right. So that's one avenue that's like pretty transparent. And it ties into what you said about reading a fashion magazine. Right. You're pretty bummed out if you read a fashion magazine, but you're primed to buy something like, oh, my God, you're right. My sex life is a bore. And then on the next page, it's like this like a beautiful, skinny woman in a dress. You're like, then my sex life won't be a bore. You're primed, you know, so you guys are primed to be consumers now because you're like, hmm. I never really thought about myself in that way before, but I guess there are a lot of things I want to fix. And then boom, next thing you know, that quote unquote problem, that pain in the marketplace is being solved by whatever corporation comes up with the thing to sell to you. Right. My brother a long time ago, he's like, listen, I got an idea, man, for a a cosmetics company. It's called unless, and the commercials are going to be like this. Attention women. You will always be lonely. You aren't (laughs) enough. (laughs) You'll spend the rest of your life without a partner. Unless. Unless. <laughs> and then what I, he, 
I was like, what's the product? He's like, it doesn't matter what the product is. You know, it's just like, as long as you lead off with that, you know, because we were watching something, I think it was either on Netflix or another streaming service that his wife always watched. So we were commenting on how, oh, the target marketing is so different, right? Like when I'm watching a streaming service, like my target marketing, I get a lot of pickup trucks, a lot of beer. You know what I mean? I watch sports. So they know that like, whatever, I'm, they, they figured out my demographic. But when I was watching her commercials, every single one was like telling her that she was inadequate. You know, like in one yeah. way or another before they sold her something. So my brother came up with this idea. Uh, if you're asking who who is powerful, who's profiting from this, uh, you know, I, I would make the argument that it's people, you know, the same people always have Procter and Gamble or whatever, you know, whoever's selling you shampoo tomorrow mm-hmm. um, or whatever, you know, wh- whoever manufactures the, the weight loss pill is going to be the person who profits off it. But that's a base level. I think there are other interpretations which, you know, is a much larger objection that I've always had to social media media and Instagram, which is the John L- Lanier, Lariner. I always, I forget how to pronounce it. Uh, Jared Lanier. Jared Lanier. Jared yeah. Lanier. Thank you. I, I knew you'd come through with that. Uh, Henry, he, you he, turn off your social media. Yeah. I mean, he's a smart guy. He says a lot of really cool stuff. But one thing that stuck with me was uh, about, you know, the gig economy and how people uh, you know, are becoming increasingly marginalized. Like there's no way to enter the workforce anymore. Cause you know, not that robots are taking jobs, but he just has a lot of good examples of how the social safety net is vanishing because the kind of jobs that used to exist don't exist anymore. And that's been helped out by the gig economy. His example was this uh, Kodak, you know, used to be the biggest camera company in the country and in the world. Right. And they employed thousands and thousands of people, you know, who had pensions and health insurance and life insurance, uh, and, you know, health insurance extended for their kids, uh, an income, you know, I, it was in the tens of thousands, if not more, you know, Kodak employed a lot of people. Uh, mm-hmm. The biggest camera company in the world now, Kodak's gone, right? Out of business. The biggest camera company in the world now is Instagram, right? If you really want to talk about what's a camera company, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at who they employ, it's like a couple hundred people. You know, at the time that Facebook bought them, it was like a room, like eight people. You know, and that's mm-hmm. because all the work of Instagram is being done by us, right? Yes. They don't have to have additional employees. They don't have to have sales reps. They don't have to have, they don't have to generate content. We generate the content. We make mm-hmm. what they need to stay in business. So they don't need that many people, right? So like the tools to entice us, and this is like another figure in that, right? Like we're caught in the, like the beauty maze and the self-worth maze and, you know, looking at each other and comparing each other. I'm not being compensated, you know, you know but I'm, I'm generating content for them. Billy turns to me and he's like, you guys are supposed to be so capitalist. Why do you write Yelp reviews? Like, yeah, why do you do that? that? Yeah. And like, I've written long, eloquent diatribes on Facebook about why I refuse to write for free. And then did like wait. <laughs> wait, I just wrote for free. Yeah, it's really yeah. true. Mm-hmm. It's really true, and that's a smaller example. It has a lot less to do with like the core issues here, which are about like self worth, beauty, and you know unrealistic standards. But I think it's part of the bigger picture, especially you know once uh, Shirley the Revolutionary showed up and introduced the word power. We we're going to have to fully unpack this. It's not enough just to be like. I didn't feel cute after I used this app. <laughs> Shirley came in and be like, we have to burn it down, everyone. It's the only way. Did uh, totally. I'm taking over for Kroll, man. Yes. I'm so glad. <laughs> yes, we needed that presence. Um, but in terms of the feeling bad, the thing, what do you guys think about like the, the fact that the standard of what beautiful is, is getting more and more like robots? 
What do you mean? Like the, if you look at some of, like, for example, you've seen the like Instagram sex symbols that are actually robots. Like they don't exist. They're just like yeah, cartoon yeah, animals. Yes. Yeah. No. It's kind of yes. intense. Yeah, it, I'll send you some of the links of different, like, super, super There's beloved like an Instagram account for, like, a person who is not a person. She's, like, I thought she was a sex doll, but she's a robot. I guess she's kind of a robot. Not a full-fledged, like, walking around, doing your dishes robot. But she's, you know, a mechanical human. And mm-hmm. uh, she has tons of followers. And she does the same thing that, that Kylie Jenner does on Instagram. She's, like, take pictures of herself in front of, you know, uh, walls that have spray-painted rainbow hearts on them. You know, why is Siri a woman? Why is Alexa a woman? Kit was a woman. It's always a woman doing the robot voice serving you. I guess it's oh. less menacing. I think it's kind of a robo, kind of a robo geisha situation. You know, like the the subjugation of women to the point of like women are intended to serve. So we're kind of like primed for that from society. Uh, that would be my guess, combined with. Uh, you know, like a man robot. I, I, I'm a little nervous about that. You know, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it seems it seems less threatening. Well, there were a lot of issues with that about GPS because women didn't like female voices of GPS. They preferred the male voice because they were more responsive to male authority. Than, and they were like, when it was a woman's voice, they were like, "This bitch doesn't know where we're going." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's actually the voice that I would love to have being the one navigating. Bitch, you don't know where you're going. <laughs> yeah, bitch, how do you know where we're supposed to go? I want Nikki oh, doing all the voices from now on for my, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to reset my Siri voice to be Nicki Minaj. I'd be asking her all kinds of stuff. Well, she said her tour didn't sell, so she needs the money. <laughs> all right, I want to give anybody an opportunity for the last word, but I think we've certainly covered this subject. You guys uh, surprise me. Every time we get together, this is, you know, Amelia, you'll remember this when we were doing Echoes of Incarceration stuff where we were pitching stories and saying, like, listen, just like start with your interest. Right. This was a makeup story that Linda had. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Linda was talking about like, oh, yeah, like I want to do a story about makeup. I'm really interested in makeup. I was like, all right, fine, because we were trying to prove the point, like choose any subject and just like dig a little bit underneath and it will have great social relevance. Right. Yeah. So everybody was pitching stories about like, oh, yeah, I want to do something about street racing and I want to do something about makeup and I want to do something about fashion. But once we started talking about it within a matter of seconds, you know, we realized that it had this you know, really rich social relevance. And Linda's story was about she's like, I want to do something with beauty. I was like, OK, well, what's interesting to you about makeup? She's like, well, you know, it's really hard to find like the right foundation color. Because, you know, if you're looking at the light end of the spectrum for foundation, it's like there's tons and tons of gradients, right? You can find like every different kind of like, quote unquote, white. But once you get down towards the other end of the spectrum, when you're looking at darker skin, there's so fewer options. So she started talking about how people mix different color foundation to get their own. And immediately we arrived at the social relevance. I like to think this conversation was very similar in the sense that we start off talking about an app. Uh, and immediately we're primed for the revolution. I just want to make sure I look really good for it, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the revolution might be on Instagram. <laughs> um, all right, that's that. I want to thank all of you for being here. Amelia, welcome back. We missed you last week. Eming, always a pleasure. And Shirley, it's been so long. Thank you for making this an international episode. Thanks to everybody who listened tonight. Thanks for joining us. Check out previous episodes on our website. You've been listening to Margin Call. Until next time, quest on. 
This episode of Quest on Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.